I'm gonna get in so I don't. Wow, I just got a notification that you started a live video. Oh wow, I'm so surprised. <laughs> hey, hi and hello. This is Ray Lockdust with my special guest Mina Buon. Mina Julia Buon. I know your name. <laughs> um, Mina is my friend and roommate and um, because of the glare I'm going to take my glasses off so I'm going in a bit blind for this, but let's go. I'm not going to make the same sacrifice because I have worse eyesight. <laughs> yeah. so. I, um, between my writing and my eyesight, I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, ooh, reading the comments will be fun because we have our camera placed a little bit farther, but I'm sure that we will be able to interact and respond to everyone accordingly. Oh no. <laughs> this is going to be an eye test, by the way. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> oh god. So, <laughs> as um, you're probably not aware because you're just meeting her, Mina is from the Philippines. <laughs> and that is going to be a big focus of um, tonight's discussion, as well as just her experiences as an Asian woman living in Canada. So that does tend to give her a bit of a different experience than what I attempted while I was undercover as a woman. And uh, we are here to play my, um, knock rip, my knockoff Jenga. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I did, I did lie. I, I have to confess, I did lie in the description. We are not playing Jenga. We are playing Tumbling Woodblock Tower. Mm -hmm. So if you came here for specific Jenga needs, um, I'm sorry, this is Tumbling Woodblock Tower. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. We just lost the Jenga fan base. We did. It's <laughs> so, okay, they don't have to know. Yeah. Only the people who showed up early know. Yeah. Now we're... No. No one will know now! <laughs> so we I'm are... <laughs> so we are going to try our best not to knock it down preemptively. All of the um, blocks are numbered, and all of my questions are also numbered. So, we're going to ask away as they... Um, as they come up. And hopefully we won't destroy the tower before we get to the bottom, otherwise we're gonna have to have some very quick rebuilds because, quite frankly, we have a lot to talk about. So we are just going to go ahead and start. We, ha we have our You're good shaking the tower At so much. Yeah, I have it's to- gonna topple before we even start. <laughs> yeah, I keep doing this and shaking the whole table, so <laughs> I'm just going to hug myself while we're playing because I can't not talk with my hands. Ah, I hit myself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no. we are off to a good start. Nothing but um, sober and serious professionalism here. <laughs> um, so um, before we can we begin, just for an ease of mind, can someone in the comments just let me know that you can hear us properly and that our volume is doing okay? I don't know how quick um, the response time is, so I'm just going to hydrate and then we can start with or without the answer. Honestly, same. <laughs> Alright, I see no movement down there, so... I'm just assuming that silence means yes. Very good! Thank you so much for... Thank you! <laughs> thank you. I, I can't read your name, but I thank you so much. I can... No. Yes. I still can't. I <laughs> just glasses. Well, yeah, I know you start with a J and I care about you. <laughs> Listen, I need a new prescription. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Alrighty, block one. I was gonna do a table drum roll, oh my gosh. Do you want me to pull it out? No, I'm good. Okay. Oh no. Okay. It just begins. Oh no. Okay. 
right, number four. Who can be classified as a terrorist under the Anti-Terrorism Bill 2020? Don't worry, we'll tell you what that is as we go on. Yeah, so <laughs> this is the Anti-Terrorism Bill in the Philippines that we're talking about today. And who can be considered a terrorist? So some of them are expected, which is like someone who causes death or a serious bodily injury to a person, causes extensive damage to government property or infrastructure, intimidates, causes an atmosphere of fear, destabilizes the fundamental political, economic, or social structures of the society, but there are some that are really, really surprising because of the broad de definition of terrorism under this bill. Literally, anyone can be classified as a terrorist according to the council, according to the police in the Philippines. So if you buy or carry anything that can potentially kill someone, you can be considered a terrorist. If you meet up with a friend and are already suspected to be a terrorist, that could label you as a terrorist as well. Um, donating to reliefs or just organizations that aren't state recognized or recognized by the Filipino government, you could be considered a terrorist for that. And other things such as just participating in rallies and movements or posting about anything that the government feels is against them or can cause a risk to society in any way would be considered a terrorist. So for example, even a video like this potentially could be considered terrorism in the yeah. Philippines, which is really crazy. And like, for example, something recently that happened, which made me really, really want to talk about this was the pride parade in the Philippines. So many people were arrested as terrorists for just participating in a peaceful protest at pride, which is ridiculous because that what about a peaceful protest at Pride is terrorist activity? Yeah. So what really worries people about this anti-terrorism bill is the fact that anything and everything could be labeled as terrorism and it can be really mm -hmm. taken advantage of. Yeah. 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 I definitely find the scariest thing about it is the government just has to decide they don't like your action in order yeah. to condemn it as terrorism. Yeah. And, so you could yeah. just insult a politician online and you'd be considered t a terrorist. And it's really surprising because this, the Philippines is a democratic country, so you should be able to have freedom of speech. They do have freedom of speech, and this thing is obviously stripping people of that, yeah. which is what people are really concerned about. Because activists are being seen as terrorists, and that's just so wrong, <laughs> so ignorant and just so, so wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, thank you. That was a very thorough answer. I do appreciate it a lot. Of course. I'm glad. I hope other people are as shocked as I was when I figured that out. Yeah. Your turn? Yeah, my turn. Let's see. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> the whole thing just shakes. I feel like if I breathe too hard, it's going to fall over. Oh, God. We're definitely not following the Jenga rules, but it's okay. No, it's not I'm Jenga. placing the most weight. Okay, number five. Oh, we're counting. How cute. <laughs> All right. How do you stay connected to the situation while you're in Canada and a lot of this is happening in the Philippines? Oh, um, it's definitely through Twitter. I just have so much time to be on social media now. <laughs> so um, I follow a lot of Filipino artists, mm -hmm. and a lot of them are expressing their concern about 
the anti-terrorism bill, of course, and they're sharing a lot of this information. But I've also been talking to my own relatives to check up on them ever since I found out about it, just to see if they're okay, if how the situation is, and if there's anything I can do. And I thought this was something I could do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and thank you so much for for willing to do for being willing to do this. <laughs> I um, I, I did ask her a bit ago, and um, you know things are things are more um dire, and that's forcing her to combat your anxiety. Yeah, and get I over appreciate my it so much. You're 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 working hard, and I'm it's doing good. my best. Yeah. My hands are shaking, but I'm doing my best. That's okay. Speaking not, of shaking, not very hands, good for time for another block. Not very good for this game, is it? Uh, that's okay. Oh, we'll no. do a quick rebuild if we, if necessary. Oh God. Okay. Oh, oh no. <laughs> this is much harder than regular Jenga because the pieces are so small. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. No. Okay. I'm gonna just hold the. Tower. Yeah. You you Sorry. can cheat because this is for, this is more for knowledge oh. than competition. My hands are shaking way too much for this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'll help you. That's not ha! gonna help. <laughs> Number sixteen. 16. Alrighty. Why do we hear less about anti-Asian concerns? Okay, this is, I feel like this is a hard question because me being someone who talks a lot about the racism that I've experienced, um, I'm pretty vocal about it, mm -hmm. but it's very uncommon for people to hear that um, Asians face racism because I feel like partially because a lot of our cultures teach us to just grin and bear it, and that it's not worth starting a fight over. But also, I feel like a lot of people just brush it off as if it's not as bad mm -hmm. as racism towards other races and other cultures. Yeah. And that doesn't sit well with me, <laughs> because a lot of the racism towards Asians also puts us in danger. For example, just with what's going on with COVID right now, like Donald Trump is, President Trump, is calling it the Chinese virus. And I've seen several videos of people just getting beat up. A lot of Asian people, old Asian people getting beat up on subways, on the bus, over people thinking that they're just spreading the virus and that they're responsible for COVID-19. And it's just, it's really frustrating. And mm -hmm. It was partially why it was hard for me to build up the courage to talk about these things right now is because a lot of people have just brushed me off whenever I talk about racism, racism towards Asians or anything like that. People would always just tell me that it's, it's not that bad, you're being too serious, stuff like that. And it's just, it's really discouraging yeah. because we definitely face racism and like something that I've experienced personally as an Asian woman in Canada is that a lot of people think that it's okay to just grab me in the street and try to pull me along with them because they think I'm going to be passive and demure and that as an Asian woman, I will just follow them. Yeah. And it's... That's scary. It, it's very scary and that's kind of why I don't go anywhere by myself at mm -hmm. all at any time during the day yeah and that's not a fair lifestyle for you to be forced to live especially when it's something that a lot of people aren't even really aware of no true like i um i i see like white women being afraid nervous about about men mostly right <laughs> and i 
and I understand that obviously it's something that I've experienced myself but from what you and my other friends have also told me it is a completely different world of objectification that yeah. is something because like especially as yeah and especially like like, like again for because like I'm a, I'm a larger person so I think like it is something that I don't I don't see as much so mm -hmm. for me um to bring it back to our actual question and this is something that I myself found hard to see because it was something that no one spoke about and in my experience in regard to a lot of Asian discrimination it was almost taught to me as a joke yeah. where that was how it was where it was just like oh Asians are funny oh god <laughs> yeah and I like um in my ignorant right white my ignorant oh that did, did, did you hear that ad lib that was an accident <laughs> but in my ignorant white roots <laughs> um I I definitely um have said things along the lines of like I'm pretty sure it's like best to be an Asian right now mm. <laughs> like I I just I feel like what a lot of people do when we're talking about racism towards any kind of race is they do the racism Olympics where they're just like, oh, but it's not as bad as this. Like, this is worse. It could be much worse. Like, stuff like that. And it's like, yes, it can. But any situation could be much worse. And it doesn't yeah. discredit the severity of this situation. It doesn't mm. make any form of racism acceptable. And it's... It's, it's a difficult thing for you to talk about. Yeah, but, of course. Um, I just wish people would be more accepting mm -hmm. of anyone when they try to show that vulnerability to talk about them having experienced racism. And it's just, if you're ever inclined to say, oh, but it's not this bad, just don't. Like, that yeah. person is expressing pain that they've felt. They are being vulnerable with you. And mm -hmm. it's when people are told, like, things could be worse, that doesn't make anyone feel better. That just makes them feel like they're overreacting. Yeah. And there is um, another story from my ignorant past. <laughs> um, I was once working at a restaurant and two of my coworkers were black. Mm -hmm. I I'm sure they still are, but that's not, you know. <laughs> not past tense. Not past yeah. tense. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I was talking to them and they were, and I was a lot younger than them. They were both in their like mid to late twenties and I was like 19. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just coming off of being a teenager and these two like older black men are telling me how they don't like it when they go into stores and they're followed around. And I'm just there like, well, I experienced that and I don't like it either. And they're just like, yeah, but you're experiencing that cause you're a teenager. We're experiencing that simply because of how we are. And like at the time, I was just so like I I don't get it. I and I it just went right over your head. Yeah, because I was just like I don't get it. Like I'm sure it's just because you look young. Because like I I I just refused to accept that that was something that happened because of race. Yeah, I feel like at least an issue that I've experienced as an Asian woman in Canada. Um, what I've experienced is that a lot of people just like you said objectify me as like an object of sexual desire like they would just see me as like this small demure Asian girl who is a dominatrix in bed and it's like those people they don't 
it hurts because people don't see me as a person in that. They just see me as someone who, like, they just see me as something that could pleasure them. And it's just, like, that's common for women in general. I get that. But it's, it's like, just a different level. Yeah. It's just some, it's just completely, it's a different level of objectification for Asian women. Because mm -hmm. we're just seen as, like, these small, just, like I said, small, demure, like, women who are just going to be exotic and wonderful in bed. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, I don't, I don't think I've encountered anyone who's had, I've rarely encountered someone who's had a crush on me, um, with it not being based off of the fact that I'm Filipino. Like, they were constantly jumping between Filipinos throughout everyone, like, they would move from one Filipino to the next, to the next, to the next, mm -hmm. to the next, to the next. And it was literally just based off of race. Yeah. And people don't see an issue with that. And if I were to ever bring it up, like when I bring it up, people are just like, oh, well, it's not bad. They think you're attractive. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, no. <laughs> no. No. They just see me for my race. They don't see me as a person. Yeah, they're sexualizing your race, not you. Yeah. And sexualizing you as a whole is not is already not that yeah, cool. Yeah, it's already <laughs> not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that went on to a yeah, huge um, tangent. Oh my god, I, I almost did a thermal roll again. That's so bad. I'm just going to do my air bongos, I guess. Uh, oh. Oh, that's <laughs> so cheating. Okay. <laughs> I got number five again. Whatever. Let's see. Our, our second repeat. So, um, so this is a continuation of number five, which was staying connected while away. So the continuation is how can Canadians find trustworthy information? Oh, that's, um, that's a hard one. Um, I would say look into the news sources that you're using. For example, um, look into the political alignments of the news networks. Hopefully they're as unbiased as a news network can be, but that's very, it's very difficult for a news network to be unbiased, but I would look into the sources that you're getting and also just get different perspectives. Yeah. Like don't just look for things that you feel agree with you because then you'll never be challenged. You'll never think that things can be another way. You'll never grow or learn more if you just look for someone to agree with your opinion. And um, I don't know, just, Avoid Fox News. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't follow that one. Um, yeah, I would just look into news sources. Also, like, for me, I would I was asking my own family members, like, who are actually experiencing what's going on in the Philippines. I was asking, like, what exactly is happening there? What is it like living there? And, like, mm -hmm. I used that information on top of just... Um, researching myself using different news articles using different like different perspectives like I was looking into articles that support the anti-terror bill and I was also looking into articles that didn't support the anti-terror bill and that gave me a more well-rounded perspective as yeah. to what's going on and I'm not saying I know everything but I am saying that um it's a more general yeah. well-rounded perspective yeah like I said yeah I think um like when like the phrase there are two sides or three sides to every story side a side b and the truth and i think like in regard to news it's good to use that kind of mindset as well if there's the right side the left side and okay yeah well there's more but the, the, my analogy still works <laughs> i'll 
<laughs> I'll also say that it helps. Um, social media does help as well because a lot of news sources are influenced by whoever is sponsoring them, like whatever companies are sponsoring them. So it helps seeing what people are going through who actually live in those areas, which is why like Twitter was actually my main source of how I first learned about it. But then I used news articles and all those other things to just um, ground my knowledge more in proper articles yeah. rather than just people being angry, tweet, angry tweets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, hearing what people are genuinely experiencing also helps yeah. having a better understanding as to what's going on, especially if you're far away from the action. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you so much. Your turn for a block. Okay, well, I'm going to do the same thing you did. <laughs> three. three. Alrighty. <laughs> I'm afraid of this tower. I'm genuinely afraid. All right. The big question. Are you ready? What is the anti-terrorism bill 2020? Okay. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay. So the anti-terrorism bill of 2020, um, otherwise known as the anti-terror bill, we probably were saying that. Um, the Anti-Terrorism Bill 2020 is a bill that was recently passed in the Philippines. I think it was June 9th that was it was passed, and it's intended to amend the Human Security Act of 2007. And what it's doing is it's imposing stronger measures on terrorism. So the Filipino government is trying to tackle terrorism by having a more general definition of terrorism. But like we talked about before, that leads to a lot of danger. It leads to a lot of possible unjust or unjust arrests and stuff like that because this broad definition of terrorism is allowing anyone in power to just define what they believe to be a terrorist act and to arrest anyone they believe to be a terrorist. And it's, it's very dangerous because anyone who's arrested as it, as someone who's under the suspicion of being a terrorist, they could potentially um, receive the penalty of 12, 12 years to life in prison. And a lot of people can spend upward to 24 days in prison without bail and without a case. And this is just because they're suspected to be a terrorist. Yeah. They're forced to stay in jail for 24 days and they're not able to do anything about it. They're not even able to ask the police why they're there. They don't, like, the police doesn't even have to have a warrant to do this, which yeah. is extremely dangerous, and it's a very, very much a human rights concern. Absolutely. And, yeah. I feel like I have more to say, but I guess yeah, we'll, when we repeat, I'll yeah, probably we will, remember. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll circle back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It's a gutsy one right in the middle. Number three! <laughs> Number three! <laughs> okay, it hasn't been that long. I don't know if I'll Should remember. I put it hold back? on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I remember what I was going to talk about. Alright, um. Next? <laughs> yeah, we'll just. <laughs> I will allow it. That is another three. How do is I put it back? back? How do I put it back? Yeah, just, just pull. Just go for it. Nope. Oh, it's back okay. inside. All right. <laughs> Me having kids. Put it back. <laughs> no, you can't. No, I'm trying to take things. No. Okay. I'm. 
13. When I saw that three, I was just like, ah. <laughs> These threes are haunting us. Alrighty. I've always heard mixed things. Tell me about how the LGBT community is treated in the Philippines. Um, honestly, the way that LGBTQ plus community is treated in the Philippines has made it really difficult for me to watch any Filipino media, because what's really common in Filipino media is that, like, um, someone of the community is usually the butt of the joke. Like, what's a very common trope is that there is... Uh, a gay man in the show who dresses very flamboyantly, who is just very, very speaks in a high-pitched voice and is just like all the stereotypes you can imagine for a gay man. They dress in dresses and they're always like ditzy, but they're also the wise best friend mm -hmm. who is always just the butt of the joke. Yeah. And it just, it makes it really hard for me to watch it because it's not about it's not an authentic representation of the lgbtq plus community and it's very much just the stereotypes and it makes me so uncomfortable to watch that yeah but like on the other hand like i have a lot of relatives who are in the lgbtq plus community who who tell me when i see these things in social on social media in the in the philippines in the media in the philippines they would tell me that it's it's a common thing in the Philippines. Like they're just they're just joking. They're actually really supportive, stuff like that. But I I don't know how I feel about that. For me, yeah. for me, it's it's very hard to believe that they're being supportive when they're perpetuating these stereotypes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of like evidence to show the kind of negative um, effects of the of the horrible portrayals of of the LGBTQ plus community throughout history yeah um I, I do recommend if anyone wants to expand more on that to watch the documentary on netflix called disclosure uh, oh my goodness i laughed i cried i want to watch it again it's so good <laughs> it's so thorough it made me feel seen in ways i didn't expect to be seen i was just oh i everyone should watch it it's nothing about what we're talking about right now but it's everything to me <laughs> Well, it's good representation for yeah. the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's good representation about bad representation, and I think that's why yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, God, I'm always afraid. No, I'm not going for that three again. <laughs> that was easy. Number seven. seven. Just toss it seven, eight. Yeah. Alrighty. What happens if you're declared a terrorist? We did already touch on the jail time, but what other repercussions could occur? Well, um, the thing is under this bill, oh right, this is what I was gonna talk about. Okay, so under the anti-terrorism bill, no one is safe from state surveillance. Mm -hmm. So if by any chance for, for some reason you were labeled as a terrorist or a potential terrorist in the Philippines, you could, everything about you can be monitored, you can be watched, your tweets can be watched, your messages can be watched, all of those things. You, just a pure invasion of privacy and that's mm -hmm. another thing that can happen. And it's just, from what I know, that's 
besides the 12 years to life in prison and mm-hmm. just being jailed for 24 days without bail or without a case, those are already pretty severe punishments. Yeah, absolutely. Just from potentially being an activist that the government just didn't properly look into or just labeled as a terrorist because you were supporting something that they didn't support. Like, again, Mm -hmm. for the Pride Parade, I think it was 22 people were arrested. One was a minor. 22 people were arrested just because they were peacefully protesting at the Pride Parade. So it's very obvious that people in power in the Philippines are letting their own vendettas get in the way of proper justice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because if this was something going on in Canada, I definitely wouldn't want to be silent about it. And I don't think anyone would want to be silent about it because it's it's yeah. stripping people of their freedom of speech and it's stripping them of their own privacy. Yeah, and it's putting them in a position where they can't even speak out against the issue of not being able to speak out. Right. And it's... They can't even help people. So if... For example, like I said before, if you're if you're donating to relief funds that aren't supported by the government, so that could potentially be any groups that support the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. you could be considered a terrorist. And you're just trying to help people. It's just it's it makes no sense. It's just clearly not a, a safe law to pass. Okay, that's a different topic. Yeah, um, was it we, we might even cover it. Um, you actually went twice in a row. Oops, that's okay. <laughs> Number twelve. Too excited. <laughs> yeah, I just let it happen. <laughs> Obviously, that's okay. Um, have you ever had someone in a position of power discriminate or not take you seriously? Oh man. Tell me about the first instance that comes to your head, and um. So in grade 10, I had this French teacher who was the most racist man I've ever met. Um, What he did was he rearranged the classroom to put all the Asians in one corner. And he never even bothered to ever learn our names. Like he would be passing out tests. And the first time he passed out tests, he handed them all out wrong to all all of us in that corner. And after that, um, he would just, there was a moment when he would just drop the tests on my desk and force me to hand them out. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the rest of the class's tests. It was just for the Asians in the corner. He would leave us for last and drop all the tests on our desk and just expect me to hand them out. And it was, it was so frustrating because one day during the school year, there was this guy who came back from visiting China, and he was being extremely racist. He was talking about, he was imitating what he believed to be a Chinese accent, and he was, people were asking if they ate dogs there, what they ate there, and he was very vocal about the fact that he saw people eating dog, and the teacher was just laughing, and I was, I stood up, and I was just like, you're being really racist. And I told this guy to shut up, and my teacher was just laughing and saying that I was being too serious. 
And it's just like, like, that's another instance of where we're just brushed off as if it's nothing. And like that, mm -hmm. that perspective is extremely harmful. Absolutely. And it's, it's extremely demeaning as well because it's, Just the fact that this teacher didn't even bother to learn our names and just put us all in a corner. Yeah, it was just. It's so not insulting. even like, n not that any kind of like racism is excusable, but that one isn't the kind of like you can't like when I say it's not excusable, I mean like you can't even make a work around excuse. Like it's blatant. Yeah. Bad teacher. If Bad any teacher. of my friends end up watching this, I hope you know who I'm talking about, Mr. DePaula. There he is. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you, Mr. DePaulo. I'm going twice in a row because I like this game. Oh no. Oh no. <gasps> Number three! Okay. <laughs> we, we can skip it if you're, if you're out of juice for number three. What was number three? Number three. What is the anti-terrorism bill 2020? Um, I think we abbreviated. Should I talk about it again? Yeah, yeah, we we have had a few people pop in, so even if you want to give the the Coles the Coles notes, sure. Okay, so the anti-terrorism bill is what we're mainly talking about right now. This is a bill that was recently passed in the Philippines, and it was it's intended to amend the Human Security Act of two thousand and seven by imposing stronger measures to combat terrorism in the Philippines. So the the government in the Philippines is trying to get a handle over terrorism by having a broader definition of terrorism. And this is obviously very dangerous because this broad definition is determined by anyone in power. So mm -hmm. anyone in power can just decide that what you're doing constitutes as a terrorist act and you can be arrested. You can be labeled as a terrorist, whether that's you actually causing death and serious bodily harm to any person person or it's you meeting up with a friend who they already suspect to be a terrorist mm -hmm. or it's you posting or sharing forms of activism or yeah. it's you protesting in the pride parade properly abiding by social distancing rules and wearing masks they were arrested because they were seen as a serious risk to public safety Thank you for that, um, again. <laughs> <laughs> that definition again. Mm -hmm. um, I Gets better. Go every the top ones because I'm afraid. 17. Okay. 17. All right. How does Western culture impact your self-views? Do you find you struggle with internalized racism? Um, do you mean racism towards others or racism towards myself? Any kind of struggle that you're comfortable talking about. does Western culture impact my self-views? I feel like the thing is when I visited the Philippines, every time I visit the Philippines, um, something I've noticed is every time I wanted to buy body wash, there was always whitening in it. There was always some kind of skin lightening product in it. And I think that's a very it, the Philippines is very influenced by the West. It's very influenced by what is beautiful in the West. So sometimes during the summer, whenever I would 
get really tan. Like when I was visiting the Philippines, I was really tan and I was looking for a new foundation. And the lady um, handed me this ivory foundation. I don't, I'm not ivory. <laughs> and I just accepted it because I was like, oh, this will lighten my skin faster. And it's just, it's such a horrible perspective and I'm always conscious about if I'm too tan in the summer then mm -hmm. I'll buy a lighter foundation which isn't okay but it's like I there are instances where I think like when I'm really pale like now because I'm not going I'm not going outside <laughs> um it's it's a bad feeling but in those instances I feel like oh I'm pretty now and it's like I don't I don't like that I on a good day, I love my tan skin. I love my melanin. I love the fact that if I have the worst dark circles, they usually disappear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that perspective, just the what is seen as beautiful in the West has made me racist towards myself. Yeah. Like towards my curly hair, it's been only recently that I've accepted it. I think it was two years ago that I started actually embracing my curls because I always thought straight hair was nicer. I always thought straight hair is what made you beautiful. And I was like saving up for rebonding and it's like a 14 year old kid trying to save up 300, $600 to straighten my hair for six months. It's just, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if this is one of your questions, but, mm -hmm. um, Sometimes, normally I'm upset, but my parents never um, taught me how to speak in Tagalog. And, um, but the reason why they didn't teach me Tagalog and they only spoke to me in English is because they never wanted me to have an accent. And it's, I'm grateful that I don't have an accent because if I did have an accent, then people would take me less seriously than they already do. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just so frustrating because like, I want to embrace my culture. I want like, what upsets me so much is the fact that my parents prioritized me not having an accent, me being accepted in Canada over me being able to speak to my relatives. And I completely understand why they did that. But now I have a cousin in the Philippines that I can't even speak to because I can't speak Tagalog and she can't, she's not comfortable speaking in English. Mm -hmm. And while I'm grateful that it's made my life in Canada easier, that shouldn't have been a consideration. My parents shouldn't have had to choose between me being able to speak to my relatives than me being accepted in the mm -hmm. country that we moved to. And I guess like, that's where I struggle with a little bit of internalized racism because sometimes I'm grateful that I don't have an accent like some other Filipinos. And other times I'm just, that's such a horrible view because they have an accent because they embrace their culture and like they were able, they were, they, they speak Tagalog. They're just, they can, they were just raised in the Philippines longer than I was in some cases. And it's, it shouldn't be a bad thing. That's, yeah. that isn't a bad thing. And it's the perspective in the West has made me internally believe that it is yeah. and that I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm making that thing shake so much. I think that was both of us. We're both just <laughs> nodding so hard. Like, this is such a good point. <laughs> Which it is. Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> I might knock you 
ever doing that? It would take us so long to set up. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Um. So this one is number seven. It's one that we've touched on already. Um. What happens if you are declared a terrorist? Do you have more that you want to expand on with that, or do you want to just continue? I don't know if there's more I can expand on it. Yeah, I think we did go through a lot of like the main yeah. points of what can happen. Yeah, I will just briefly say it again for anyone who just joined. Mm -hmm. But um, if you're labeled as a terrorist in the Philippines, no one is safe from state surveillance. So everything you do would be monitored. Everything you do would be watched. And if you're arrested, um, you could be jailed for 24 days without bail, without a case, and without a warrant from the police. And you might not even know why you're in jail. They wouldn't even tell you why you're in jail. And mm -hmm. you can also be arrested and experience and have a sentence of 12 years to life for being a terrorist. And again, you could be labeled as a terrorist if you're just an activist, if you're just someone donating to a donation fund. And it's just, you could have, you could be in prison for the rest of your life for something like that. And that's so absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we're talking about it. Exactly. 12. Number 12. It's another one we've already done. But if you have another story, Loved one. Have you ever had someone in a position of power discriminate or not take you seriously? Hmm. I know the last one was the one that you had like plugged and ready. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and um, I even had a question specifically for that one. Yeah. So damn it. Um Yeah, so you're you're gonna have to reach deep into your mind about this. These are obviously things that I try to not think of. Yeah, so they're very um, difficult to go through. I, I only imagine. Can I say person of power is like literally any man who's tried to grab me in the street? Absolutely. Okay. So one time I was in square one and I was just speed walking to the terminal from like the entrance of the movie theater where the movie theater used to be. And I was speed walking through square one or two square one, through square one to get to the terminal. And this man had the audacity to grab my wrist and pull me back and be like, hey, what's the rush? What are you doing? Come meet my cousin. And it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like this could have just been something for me as a woman, but like, this is just such a common thing that I hear me and my Asian friends going through about just being grabbed and pulled mm -hmm. in, in public. No one's stopping to help me. And it's just, it's such a common thing that people or men just think that they can just take advantage of a small Asian woman because, because of the stereotype that we'll just be passive and we'll yeah. agree and we'll just follow them wherever they want us to go or anything like that. And it was, it was so scary for me, but I felt like I, I felt like I had to be nice to this person. So I, I stood there had the conversation with this guy while trying to pull my wrist away, trying to get home. And like, I was, I was telling this guy, like, he was like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm, I'm going home. I was trying to keep every single sentence short. Yeah. And he, he tried to pull me to meet his cousin and he would just not leave me alone. And I remember in this moment, I was even wearing both my headphones in. So this guy was just, 
the sheer audacity of him Absolutely. to make me stop listening to my music. But mm -hmm. um, there, there have just been several instances where I've been grabbed or followed, and it could just be because I'm a woman, but it's also a very common experience that I hear from just all my Asian friends. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that is such a common thing for you, and I do appreciate you sharing it with us. Just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> or help someone if you see that happening. Don't don't let it happen, because it is a very scary and traumatizing experience, because that is something I've never forgotten, and I can't go out on my own anymore because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it my turn? Or is it it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. Alrighty. Have, yes. Have you ever felt targeted or in danger due to your race? I mean, all the time. I'm in downtown Toronto. Again, like, there's there's so many instances where I'm being followed, and even in my even in my high school, I was being followed by people, and um, oh man, in middle. Should I Talk about the guy in middle school, stalker guy in middle school. Um, let's hear about your stalker. Yeah. Okay. This is this actually happened quite a few times by um, these by these two Filipino guys who saw me as this nice Filipino girl that they wanted to eventually that they wanted to spend the rest of their life with. Um, for this guy, um, um, he would just. He would constantly ask me out, would constantly just ask me to be his girlfriend, and I'd always say no, but I was just trying to be nice to him, just trying to, because he was someone who didn't have friends, and I wanted to be nice to someone, and I'll admit I liked having attention, but I, I was genuinely just being nice to this guy, trying to be his friend, and I made it very clear that I only wanted to be friends, mm -hmm. and then when my friends would tell him that I was not interested and that he should stop asking me out, he eventually got really angry and punched one of my friends. And after that, I drew the line and I said, that's not okay. <laughs> you no. can't do that. And um, after drawing that line, the summer came and I saw him skateboarding past my house. He like stopped in front of where my house was and like looked inside the windows and stuff like that. And I was baking brownies at this time. This was the first time like I just had the urge to bake brownies. So I was over this I was over the counter with my brownies and then I saw this bright Filipino sweater and I saw him and his friends skateboarding past my house and I dropped my brownies on the counter and hid under the counter and I just like the fear I felt in that moment. Yeah. And that I told my family and I texted my friends, asked them like I was telling my friends like he just showed up at my house. He is here. And my friends were like, he's been stalking the rest of us too, because he's been trying, he was trying to contact all my friends to get a hold of me. And it's just, it's scary. And then one time he did get a hold of one of my friends and my friend was talking to him, talking about me through to him. And I remember taking her, um, she gave me her phone and I texted him saying, please leave her alone. I don't want anything to do with you. Don't talk to me. I don't want... Yeah. I've had enough. And he sent me a death threat. And he was... He's... 
He is that scary, stereotypical anime guy who threatened me with a katana. And it's just... It's despicable and not something that anyone should have to go through. And especially the fact that the guy selected you because of your race to go through that. Yeah. Oh, also, not the only guy. Um, also in elementary school. Okay. Also in elementary school, there was this guy who was just jumping between um, the Filipino girls in my elementary school. He would move from one, date the next one, they break up, move on to the next one, move on to the next one, to the next one. So it was very obvious what was attracting him to these yeah. girls. And I was the next one at some point, and he just placed his hand on my thigh, really high on my thigh, and just kept running his hand down on it. And I was, we were in the middle of class. We were doing a group project. We were meters away from our teacher. And he was doing this. And I looked at him, so disgusted. I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I like grabbed his hand and held it. And I was like, what are you doing? And then he took my hand and was like, let's measure our hands. Let's see, let's see how they look. And I was just like, no. no. And then I like moved away from him. And I don't know, that, that also just really bothers me because he, he was only attracted to me because of my race and he mm -hmm. automatically just essentially sexually assaulted me in yeah. that moment. He assumed that he was able just to forcibly touch you and that you would be okay with it. Yeah. And it's, it's so common. Like there, I've experienced so many guys who are just attracted to me because I'm Filipino and they would tell me that. They would just be like, oh, you're Filipino. You're like, I love Filipinos. Like they're so exotic and so beautiful. And I hate the word exotic. I hate the word exotic. And it's just, there, you, it's, I don't think you can say you're attracted to a specific race because so many people, there are so many things that differentiate people even if they're of the same race. Like, I have Filipino friends who have different eye shape, who have different hair type, who have different skin tone, like, different everything. And this guy was still flirting with them just because they're Filipino and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's just so wrong. And yeah. I, I constantly feel not safe when mm -hmm. I go outside by myself because there's never a time when I'm not grabbed or catcalled or just things like that or yeah. followed and it's just it's yeah. not even it's not even just because I'm Asian it's like just as a woman like I'm that shit happens and like I shouldn't have to avoid going to the mall to buy new paper because I'm afraid I have to go alone yeah, it's not fair to put you in that kind of dangerous scenario just for existing. Yeah, and like the amount of times that people have just pulled up on the curb next to me while I'm walking or I'm waiting at a bus stop, like what what can you do? Like that, that's mm. such a scary thing because it's so easy for them to just grab you and just throw you into the back of their car. Yeah. And it's like... don't like going outside by myself. <laughs> and sorry like that you can't. Yeah.
But, um, but you can grab a new block. I can do that. <laughs> 18. 18. My lucky number. Okay, so this is um, the, the question that may have also, um, I'm going to say, postponed this video for a bit. So, I, I feel like you peaked when I was saying I that. So, how dare you? Well, Go! Read it before I answer. <laughs> Is it appropriate to be discussing this in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement? If anyone watching this has already watched your video talking about uh, Black Lives Matter with Saren, I already asked, um, I was the person who asked Saren. Um, the disembodied voice manifests. <laughs> she has blue hair. Um, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I was the disembodied voice that asked Saren if they felt that it would be appropriate for me to talk about the issues going on in the Philippines, talk about like the Asian experience going on. And they told me that these are all issues that are going on right now. These are things that need to be handled right now. And as long as I'm not trying to dissuade the conversation, as long as I'm not trying to push aside Black Lives Matter for me to talk about this, mm -hmm. it's some it's a valid thing to bring up. Because again, this is the anti-terrorism bill, it is going to become law July 9th. And so it's very, very important that we speak up, that we voice our concerns, that we talk about how serious this is as a human human rights concern and just express to the Filipino government, send emails, make donations, just spread the word about how this is going on. It's important for us to do that now mm -hmm. because it is about to become law. It is about, it is about to become legal for them to, I don't know, mark something like this as terrorism. <laughs> like yeah. Just talking about a human rights concern can be marked as terrorism in the Philippines. And that's a serious thing to tackle right now. Yeah, absolutely. And lives are at stake. Yeah, and um, may I offer? Uh, yeah, okay, so um, this was something like I um, pushed uh, um, for Mina to come on a lot for, or like even as soon as, well basically as soon as she told me that this was a thing, yeah. I was just like, you have to come on my show and talk about this because, well, I can't. And, well, like, I can't, but it's more meaningful and has a lot more weight coming from you. Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful that I was able to get you to come on here and that you are reaching out and expanding from your comfort zone to talk about this because, honestly, the time is now. Like, yeah. like and... Um, I, I want to read out the um, comments that are coming in because I got distracted by them and lost my train of thought anyway. So, um, human rights are important worldwide. The Black Lives Matter movement is illuminating other human rights situations, which yeah. is absolutely true. It is not just solely the issue in America. It is saying enough is enough for all of these issues. Yeah. It's saying, you know what? It's saying all lives matter, but in the way we want it to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Too far? Did I go too far? I went too far. <laughs> but it's just um, like, like it's just like that is just like it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for that. But it's just the um, purpose of the Black Lives Matter movement is to push the importance of lives are being lost due to the brutality of the government forces. That like that is like a 
simple way to say it. And you know what? Let's that description fits the bill all over the world. And I think that the time is now to stop it, no matter what yeah. we call the movement. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say that um, the voices and the passion behind the Black Lives Matter movement have definitely just influenced me, just wanting to voice my concerns about other things going on in the Philippines, because I'm seeing these people being so passionate, expressing their concerns, and also it's change is happening Absolutely. because they're they're being so vocal they're being so supportive of this movement they're just spreading it they're voicing their concerns change is happening mm -hmm. and i saw this as hope for change happening for asians as well and just yeah. people in the philippines especially during a time like this because i have i have fell into the dark hole of thinking that the people in the government are corrupt. They are, they're the ones in power. It's very hard for us to get them out of power and to get them to do things that are helpful to, act, to actually help the people rather than just themselves. Like I fell into that hole and I believe that for a bit, I believed that nothing could change. But then when I saw Black Lives Matter, I saw their protests and I was, I saw how many people genuinely cared about race equality yeah I was like maybe maybe it would be safe for me to talk about this maybe change can happen if I talk about this because yeah. we're all trying to fight for human rights we're all trying to fight for equality and it's just like everyone deserves to feel safe yeah it's yeah, yeah that's that's the goal right yeah I don't remember whose turn it is so I'm gonna go Me either. go ahead <laughs> Number two. Have we done number two? I don't think so. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> How old were you the first time you were sexualized? Oh, God. It's grade one. Five or six? Yeah. Gross. Like, um, there was this one guy who would, like, push me into the snow and just dry humped me oh wow and like whenever I'd bring it up to teachers whenever my friends would bring it up to teachers because it was happening to them too we would just like be brushed off like oh boys will be boys and it's like um, it took me so long before I was able to accept that as a form of sexual assault yeah Boys will be boys is supposed to be like boys will be filled with high energy and be goofy they'll and roll around in the mud. Like yeah. <laughs> boys aren't supposed to sexually harass people. Yeah. Hot take. Um, but yeah, um, that is one of the questions that come up with different versions. If mm. at any point they are too far or make you uncomfortable, just let me know and we can just toss them away. I think it's important to I'm I've talked to people about it. I'm comfortable talking about most of my experiences. And it's like, I think it's important to be able to show that I have the confidence to talk about something like this. Yeah. Because I want to encourage other people to voice their concerns about these things, to voice, um, to talk about the experiences they have had, because none of these things are acceptable. Yeah. Um, 
Thank you so much. Um, so we have our timer going down. We have oh, 10 no. seconds left <laughs> for the part one. Um, this will conclude the first hour. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Oops. <laughs> I'll not take the whole oh. table as I sit down. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Our table is smaller than we are wide. Hi and hello. I forgot the hey, but that's okay. Here we are and we are back. We shrank down our um, Jenga tower a little bit because, well, we were running out of the easy ones and we want to get through the questions. That's more I important. I think I made it harder because I made it really tight, so it's going to shake all of it. Oh yeah. gosh! Uh -huh. This is going to be, yeah. okay, so I hope you are ready for the more intense version of <laughs> super block tower, tumbling wood block tower. I yeah. forgot what it was called and I had to look at the box I threw. Anyway, my auntie Di is watching. Hello! <laughs> All right, and Jordan's back, so we can jump right back into the game because, well, we have quite a few lessons, or lessons, questions, and lessons, and lessons. lessons. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was right. Anyway, um, we have quite a, quite a lot of questions to still get through, and As you can see. we're just going to start because why do we have to reintroduce ourselves again? <laughs> two. Number two. Okay, again. I talked about this already. Yeah, so number two was literally the last number that we also had so this is going to be um a very actually the kind of fits anyway um how old were you the first time you were sexualized by an older person an older person an adult oh, while well, you were not an adult the thing is my passive perception is like negative 15 like I'm yeah kidding. knowingly <laughs> So, um, Whether I've not been very good at being able to tell when people have been, when older people have been, um, sexualizing me. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say the earliest one I can remember is probably, um, early high school, maybe grade nine, when, oh, maybe it was like grade ten when I was grabbed. When I was okay. grabbed by that person, and then, like, he found out I was, oh no, not early high school! I was like, yeah, I was, never mind, it was early high school. Early high um, school. When okay. I was grabbed by this person, and the only reason he left was because he found, I told him that I was not in university. That's gross. Yeah. Like, literally, sometimes being underage saves you. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my god. I got this. I am a professional block tower destroyer. Okay, good luck. <laughs> anyway, I loosened it up. <laughs> Alright, um, so this is another one that we did um, touch on again. Um, but, hey, it's a new video, a new world. Right? <laughs> right. Um, tell me about why you don't, don't speak Tagalog. Tagalog. Tagalog? Oh, yeah, and why? I, I'm sorry. I, I clearly I don't speak it. So. <laughs> um, Tagalog. so I actually asked my mom this. I asked her why um, her and my dad don't actually speak to us in Tagalog that off that often. Why they never made why they never enrolled us in Tagalog classes or just anything like that. Tagalog, um, for people who don't know, that's um, the language spoken in the Philippines. The more common language spoken in the Philippines. 
And the reason why um, my mom, she said I didn't, I wasn't taught Tagalog is because my mom and dad were worried that I wouldn't be accepted in Canada if I had any kind of accent. So they just decided not to teach me Tagalog at all, to not risk it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't have an accent, or at least I, I don't think I have an accent. But um, yeah, it's, it's something that's always bothered me because while I'm grateful that they did that because it's made my life in Canada easier, it's made people take me ser more seriously um, than a lot of people that I've seen have an accent. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I hate that they had to choose that because I have family members in the Philippines that I can't even speak to, that I don't, I barely know because we can't speak to each other. Like my cousin, she doesn't like speaking in English. She's not very fluent in English. She's not comfortable speaking English. So when she's speaking to me in Tagalog, I do my best to understand, but we, we can't have a good conversation together because we just don't understand each other. We can't talk to each other. And I hate that my parents had to choose between me being able to talk to my own family over me being, me being accepted in Canada. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's something that no one should ever have to choose. Yeah. Boop. Boop. Five. Number five. Okay. Why can't we just follow the general media in regard to um, staying connected with the global situations? By general media, you mean like news platforms? CBC. Um, I will say for the majority of news platforms, they are biased towards what their sponsors want to hear. They're biased towards um, what their television program wants them to say. Um, that's not necessarily all um, news programs, but they are, quite a few of them are limited by what they can say because of the political standing of some of their higher ups. And, um, which is why I encourage people to just look into other news sources. Like you can watch those news sources, but look for other opinions, look for things that challenge you, look for firsthand accounts from people who are actually living those experiences, find out what's actually going on there. Like mm -hmm. you can't just rely on one media source because norm all news is biased. That's, that's just how it is. All news is biased. Like, anything produced by humans is going to be biased. And, like, that's why you need to be able to look at things and gain a more well-rounded perspective by looking into other news sources, looking into other opinions, and just looking at things in all the different ways that you can to mm -hmm. understand the whole situation. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you. No problem. Except this one earlier really for me. One. Number 14. Have we done 14 yet? Oh my god. No. All right. Um, Ooh, new one. A new one. I'm not going to like. Okay, whatever. <laughs> this is actually the one question that you gave me. <laughs> How has the generalization that all Asians look the same impacted you? Oh, I explained it all in. I know, and you gave up the good story for it. Already... No, there's so many stories. Oh, That's really? the problem. 
kind of assumed, which is the worst thing, is, uh, yeah, I... Yeah, that, I'll, I'll briefly talk about that story. So, I had a teacher in high school that put all the Asians in one corner and um, made me hand out the tests for the Asians, only the tests belonging to the Asians in that class. He made me hand out those tests because he refused to learn any of our names because we apparently all looked the same. Yeah. Um, and I didn't talk about this in the last video, but when I brought that up to another Asian in my school who wasn't in that class, she was like, oh, that, you shouldn't be so upset because, like, we do kind of look alike. And it's like, or it's not that big of a deal because some people can't tell the difference. And it's just like, you can't tell the difference between people who have different glasses, who aren't wearing glasses, who have a different skin tone, have different hair type, and like have, are different height. Like you're just not trying at that point. Yeah. It's just blatant racism and it's just horrible. Mm -hmm. And also, um, in high school I was a really big fan of K-pop and the amount of times that I would hear people just saying, oh, but all those K-pop boys, they all look the same. Like they're, they all, they're all like mirror images of each other. People don't realize I, I, someone in my class made this joke with, um, he was, he was my friend at this point. He made this joke, um, towards, he posted an Instagram story, literally talking about how, um, all these K-pop boys look the same, like, um, why are you so attracted to them? They all look the same. Just, and I remember, um, commenting on that video saying how extremely racist it is and how demeaning it is to other Asians to read this and see people joking about or seriously believing that we all look the same and that belief that um, all Asian people look the same is so common in the West. Mm -hmm. Like it makes, it lowers my self-esteem so much because I don't, I don't feel unique. I don't feel special because people in the West just don't even try to tell the difference between us. Mm -hmm. And like there are very distinct characteristics that they're just not making an effort to look yeah. for. Yeah, I've seen examples of people like 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 you said with your teacher where they will look at someone and only view them as Asian people instead of even someone with darker skin mm -hmm. and it can be so disgusting the way that some people just generalize and as you said they just don't want to put in the effort yeah it's just it's so dehumanizing yeah it, it takes away your value yeah because we are human why can't you try to learn our names why can't you try to tell the difference between us because this teacher he knew every other classmate like every other one of my classmates by heart he knew all their names he talked to them in the hallways stuff like that but for us even when we also make the efforts to talk to him in the hallway he just never got our names right he'd never mm -hmm. get them right and mind you we weren't all filipino there was chinese i had chinese friends in that corner it was japanese um i had a japanese classmate in that corner and there was me we're all very different and yeah. it's just and so dehumanizing yeah and regardless of like whether or not you're 
different. Like, like there were girls at my school, like, okay, not only did I go to a uniformed school, but there were girls who, who would wear their, like, we, we called them the orange girls because we were bad. They, it wasn't a race thing. Like, they were literally, okay. like, white, they were white blonde girls that made themselves orange. And we called them the orange girls. And everyone knew them by name, even though they all looked the same. And I like I brought I just bring them up as an example of like three people or four people who have the same skin tone, the same hair color, mm-hmm. um, same skin like like same hair texture, everything. Mm-hmm. And no one questioned if whether or not they were the same person or said that they all looked the same. Yeah. They always said they dressed the same though. It's weird how that language changes when it's a race thing. Mm-hmm. And that that was my point with that. It's just yeah, it's just yeah. a very painful thing to. Yeah, and it's something that, like, again, I only have my projected experiences mm-hmm. to go off of, and and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's especially, like, in high school when you're going through a time of a lot of us just experience um, issues with their own self-image. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're trying to look pretty, when you're buying all these skin products to stand out and stuff like this, you're, you're just trying to look nice. When people are just blatantly saying that you look exactly like every other person from the same continent as you, that's, it's so painful. Yeah. Yeah, it would be very easy to get the mindset of, like, why do I bother trying? Yeah. And that is not something you want to impart onto a teenager. Like, you don't want to impart that onto anyone, but while you're still trying to find yourself, you don't want to give up the sense of looking. Exactly. Like, it's not even that your effort isn't, it's not even that your effort is bad. It's they don't even, they're not even trying to look at you. Your turn? My turn. Or is it my turn? I don't know. I'll just go. I'll go. I see one that looks easy, so I'll take it. (laughs) You're touching so I'm I'm cheating. (laughs) I've been cheating this whole time. Yeah. I'm like, I make the rules. Oh, it was number eight. <laughs> I was going to tell you after. Oh, can I, someone in Canada, do anything in regard to the anti-terrorism bill? Yes. Well, you specifically, you graciously had me on the show to talk about it. Um, but for other people watching, what you could do is there are petitions going along, around. Um, there, are email, there are emails that you can send to the Filipino government to talk to explain to them that you don't support this anti-terrorism bill. You can send those emails, you can donate to organizations to support um, frontline workers um, for COVID-19 in the Philippines. You could, there are a lot of things, we'll probably post them in the description of this video. Um, There are a lot of things you can do, and while it's, if you're in the Philippines, you can contact your representatives and um, see who voted for this bill and try to convince them not to. Um, try to convince them that it's um, wrong to vote for this bill. There, But as someone in Canada, just spreading this knowledge, letting people know, hopefully it'll reach people in the Philippines, but you can also just email the Philippines, the Filipino government yourself. We'll add that to the description of this video. Yeah. And yeah, just promoting it, using your platform, like Mm -hmm. Ray is doing. Um, Use your platform to spread the news about this, because not many people know about it. 
I didn't know about it until I followed Filipino artists who were sharing this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know about it till I had a Filipino roommate who told me about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Boop, I'm going for the easy ones. Number one. one. All right. The world sucks. What needs to change in the world? I have four categories. Let's start with um, reactions to COVID because you just talked on it a little bit right. with the frontline workers. Right. Um, first of all, don't listen to President Trump and call <laughs> it the Chinese virus because that's already, that's just asking for racism yeah. to sprout. And for COVID, please wear masks. Please do it. Even though um, measures are lightening up, even though um, malls are opening up and it's not mandatory to wear masks, it is just safer for you and the people around you to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, Toronto actually passed um, a, a thing um, starting July 7th. It'll be mandatory to wear masks indoors. Yeah. So, which it should have been. Yeah, it <laughs> should have been, been anyway. Anyway, it should have been everywhere anyways. Um, yeah, but I, I thought that was just a really good step and worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, not everything sucks all the time, even yeah. though it still kind of sucks. <laughs> Um, yeah, but continue, please. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say, um, if there are people out there who believe that masks limit the amount of oxygen that enters your body, there have been several people who tested different types of masks, N95s, um, KN95s, like, all those kinds of masks. There have been people who have tested them out with an oxygen sensor on their finger, and they have showed that their, the amount of oxygen intake that they had did not change by the masks and even especially if you are a person with a respiratory illness if you are immunocompromised and you have to go outside you need to wear a mask you need to be you are the person who needs to be wearing a mask yeah everyone needs to be wearing a mask but especially you (laughs) yeah and it's just try if you have like say you have asthma and wearing a mask puts you into risk of an attack Maybe ask your amazing aunt to pick up your groceries for you or something. Yeah. I, like, there are options out there, and... Instacart. Instacart, yeah. There there are services. <laughs> there are people. Reach out to your friends, your support network, anyone you have. Mm-hmm. Because this is something very serious. People are dying yeah. daily. And yes, maybe fewer people are dying, but... We still don't know the long-term effects of what's happening. We don't know how long this is going to be happening. And we don't know how serious the second wave is going to be. Yeah. And right now, hospitals still don't have a way to properly combat this. All they can really do is support you in your own recovery. Mm-hmm. Your, your body is still responsible for recovering itself, like, in order just to fight the disease on its own. All hospitals can do is really just put you on a ventilator and help you breathe. Yeah. There's, the, there isn't a vaccine yet, guys. No, the treatment is literally waited out and hope for the best. Yeah. The, the, re, the reduction of the, the restrictions right now the easing up on the restrictions is literally because there's more space in the hospitals. Yeah, we just 
we got a grip on the huge emergency influx of people going to the hospital. Things calmed down a little there. Yeah. Things are not better. The virus didn't go away. It's still scary and yeah. I, I have no and. <laughs> That's it. New blog. The, the, or, the no? World Health Organization says that the worst is yet to come. And it already feels like the worst. I would like to have my Christmas outside, guys. Yeah. Anyways. I want to take my cat for a walk. <laughs> he doesn't want to go for a walk. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to, but I want him to. <laughs> Number five. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, got that one. Oh, this is the last five. All right. Why is this the first time hearing about this? About the anti-terrorism bill or COVID-19? Yeah. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me, let me digress. Um, in regard to the anti-terrorism bill, why is it the first time I'm hearing about this? Um, I will say that it's very difficult for things going on in other countries to be heard in North America mm -hmm. because it's, it's very... I've noticed that it's very well known in other countries what's going on in North America because um, specifically the U.S. is such a powerhouse mm -hmm. that whatever is going on there will affect the rest of the world. But I believe even though this is something going on in a, a country that doesn't have as much power as the U.S., it is still something that should be known because it is something that is... it's what is going on there is a very common thing like just the human rights concern surrounding this anti-terrorism bill is something that's going on throughout the world and i think it is it's the first time some people are hearing about this because not many people outside of people in the philippines are talking about it the only reason i knew is because i was following people who i was following people on twitter who live in the philippines and a lot of the tweets are in Tagalog, so not many people understand it. I had to translate some of the tweets, but I was able to understand some of them, so mm -hmm. it made my family proud there. <laughs> um, but um, a lot of people don't promote what is going on in other countries because they feel like it doesn't affect them. Yeah. And I believe that that is a very ignorant perspective because when mindsets like this, that the government can determine what is terrorism. Any form of activism can be considered terrorism. That is a dangerous mindset that should be stopped anywhere it is starting because it'll sprout and it'll grow and it'll go to other countries and it'll one day specifically affect you or anyone close to you if it spreads. Yeah. And that is why I feel like it is an important thing to talk about to stop it in its tracks. Mm -hmm. And. Also, even if something doesn't affect you, doesn't mean it doesn't affect other people. Yeah. And maybe look out for your fellow human beings, especially yeah. <laughs> when people are in situations where they can't speak up for themselves. Exactly. Like, say, an anti-terrorism bill that's going to affect their freedom of speech is being yeah. passed in their country, so they can't make videos talking about it, so you do it because you're in Canada and you, you can. Yeah. <laughs> just just a random example just off the top of my head. Yeah. I, don't, uh, I don't know how you came up with that. But... I'm just... But yeah, um, Ray's completely right. Um, as people in other countries, you have the privilege of being in a safe place to talk about it, being able to freely talk about it, especially in North America where we have freedom of speech. You 
have the freedom to talk about these things and they should matter to you because other human beings should matter to you. Yeah. And July 9th, people in the Philippines are not able to talk about this without possibly being labeled as a terrorist. And it makes it even more important for other people in other countries to spread the word and to talk about how this human rights concern. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. 19. 19. We didn't do 19. No. Let's see. Okay, so this I'm one... Looking. I'm not looking. This one can be more general about any issue you want. Um, or, or about what we're talking about. Or, or in general. This is a your comfort one. Anyway, I'm going to stop describing how to respond to the, to the question. How can I do good without exhausting myself? Oh. Um. Please, I need help. <laughs> I feel like at a time like this where the world's going to shit, um, I feel like everyone is allowed to sometimes turn off from social media mm-hmm. because it is a lot. A lot is going on. And I, no one should feel responsible to constantly just take in all of that information, take in all the negativity, because all that will do is just beat you down and make you feel hopeless, make you feel like nothing can change, like you can do nothing. And that won't be productive in the long run. You won't feel like you can do anything in the long run. So I think it's very important for people to know that it is okay to take breaks from social media. You shouldn't feel guilty just because you're missing a few stories, you're missing a few um, things going on in the news. Like, you can't know everything. And it's great that you're trying to know everything. It's great that you're trying to stay up to date, but you need to put your mental health first as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Knowing your own limits stops you from exceeding them before you I mean, let's try that sentence again. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, when when you exceed your limits and push yourself to a point where you can't continue the battle that you need that you should have rested from, then there's really no one who's able to continue. Yeah. Everyone who is willing to fight and learn and work towards our better world, we need you. And if you need to rest, that's absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. Do the resting that you need, and just be, know that the fight will still be there after and we're here for you we're here to help each other and lift each other up through this this isn't a competition of who's doing more who's saying the most who's being the most educated this is a time where we need to really work together and to have the mindset of or, or to allow yourself to get stuck into the mindset of feeling that you're not doing enough or that you're selfish for taking care of yourself that's something that we need to really avoid getting to. And it's something that I've um, struggled with myself, which is, you know, that's why the question ended up there. (laughs) And it definitely applies to more than just the situation right now about Mm -hmm. people taking time off from social media. In any situation where you feel like your mental health is compromised because you're trying to take care of other people, you shouldn't be putting yourself through that. You can't, you can only give people what you have and if you are not okay you can't make other people okay like you need to take care of yourself because when other people need you 
they can get your help. Yeah. But the thing is, you need to help yourself. You will, you are your own best friend. No one yeah. can treat you better than you treat yourself. And it's just, you're, you're not selfish for putting your own well-being before others. Yeah. Um, some of the best advice that I've heard uh, in therapy is to treat yourself like your own best friend. And when you have trouble giving yourself the kind of care that you need, imagining that it's your friend coming to you with the things that you're saying to yourself. Be your own best friend and yeah. when the plane's going down, put your own mask on first. <sighs> Next block. <laughs> Did your therapist say that or was that me telling you that? The best friend thing? Yeah. I, that was actually, I had a therapist that I, um, because he was Christian, I totally read off as a shitty therapist <laughs> because I was like, oh, this is good. Like I, it was basically like I made the appointment, I went in and I realized it was like a Christian service and it was like when I was first starting to question my sexuality and I didn't want to like turn to this random Christian white man and be like, I think I might like girls, but I'm in a boyfriend. I'm in a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm inside him, hello. Oh, uh, oh my god. What a bad way to enter a therapy session. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Whatever I was talking about. <laughs> anyway, um, um, yeah, so I, I generalized the therapist and I didn't expect to get any abuse for, any use from him because I was going and being like, I might be a gay and yeah. you're um, quite the opposite of a gay. And he was just like, oh, actually, I'm a Christian gay. And he ended up being like this amazing cool. therapist who hey. helped me talk through my emotions and told me to treat myself like my own best friend. And that was something that helped. Like, he also helped me on the idea of like practicing gratitude. Mm. And it was, yeah. Very good advice. Absolutely. Like your own best friend. Mm -hmm. It was life changing, game changing. Eleven. Eleven. Okay, so this is another repeat. Wow. So again, you are allowed to skip these, um, or if you have more stories. Right. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Have you ever felt targeted or in danger due to your race? Ugh, I I talked a lot about this. Yeah, in you did. Video. Um, I think I touched on most of what I remember in this moment, so maybe we can move on to another question. Yeah, of course. Good job. Is that a bit Nine. eleven, though? <laughs> oh, we haven't done this one. Alright. How can referring to someone as a terrorist be harmful, even if it's only a joke? It's not a funny joke. Um, it's, it's harmful because it not only really hurts the feelings of that person that you're just looking at them and just saying that they're terrorists because of their looks it's just it genuinely puts someone in danger yeah like if this is if this is going on in the philippines when this anti-terrorism bill becomes law if you were to just go around in the street and say that person is a terrorist like that could genuinely put someone in their life in danger. They could yeah. go to prison for 12 years to life. They could, they could be arrested for no reason. And it's just because you decided to make a joke. Yeah. And it's, it's extremely harmful to people's self-esteem as well, because that is, that's such a horrible thing to say about anyone. Mm -hmm. And I, 
Oh, it's like, that's, it's not funny. It's yeah. not a joke. You can't say something like that. Would you mind if I explain on it? Yeah. Okay, so... What does a terrorist look like? A, ther a therapist. A therapist. I, <laughs> my speech impediment is horrible right now. Anyway, okay. um, a therapist. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, when you generalize and say that someone looks like a therapist, a terrorist, you are also generalizing the idea of what a terrorist is. Yeah. A terrorist is someone who is putting innocent lives in danger for the um, push of their own political motive. Um, am I right in saying that yeah. definition? Okay, yeah. So it's like in saying that, um, say, People are men with dark skin and bushy beards look like terrorists in reference or a response to say the 9/11. The 9/11. <laughs> um, that is harmful to all dark-skinned people with beards. Yeah, I have heard this said continuously about people of. All backgrounds who just have dark skin and have beards. I am continuously infuriated by the fact that I have to explain that a terrorist can be anyone. Yeah. Terrorists can come from anywhere because the act of terrorism is more a political motivation. Mm -hmm. And to generalize and stereotype what they look like, not only like to generalize and stereotype what a st terrorist looks like can put innocent people in danger for being accused of terrorism, as Mina said, or it can also cause, um, say, white terrorism to be overlooked. Yeah. And that is a huge, huge issue yeah. that um, I think we can we can do we can dedicate a whole other video to. Let's yeah. be real. Let's. Uh, new block and in that one <laughs> yeah that if if anyone does want to talk about that in a video i would absolutely love to have you contact them please do i'm i'm open my my dms are open please don't be weird after saying that number one <laughs> all right what needs to change in the world Ooh, this one um oh god if we go into climate change like, we'll save that oh. one for last <laughs> let's talk about the police um this is another one um we can um that can be like 10 million different videos because there are so there's so much to say about like like them um, the the system that police partake in as well as the potential to have an over powerful um system of policemen so yeah. what needs to change i will say that i stand completely behind the movement that believes that the police should the police force should be defunded because I do believe that they put too much money into the police force when that money can be allocated into other services and to support people who are actually trained in some of the things that the police are responsible for handling that they're not properly trained for. For example, wellness checks. A lot of police are not trained to handle things like this, like mm -hmm. anyone dealing with mental health issues police are not properly trained to deal with these things. 
yet they are receiving a substantial amount of money in order and they are tax tasked with the job of handling these wellness checks even when they are not people trained to be able to handle these things like they are already trained in so many other things that they are good for that they should be paid for and i believe like we need to police the police for things like that but for things that they are not properly trained to handle this money can go towards like social social services they can go to counselors who can visit houses that can properly handle um, people who are in distress who are handling who are having a mental health crisis like the money can go towards these people because they are already trained and if you don't want the police to um, lose funding then the police should be trained in these things because if they're handling these things they should be trained in properly dealing with them yeah that's where i stand yeah absolutely and like in, in regard to the city of toronto's movement to actually um start instead of defunding their police they put more money into them by deciding to put body cams on all of their officers which i understand the theory but when you look at cases in the states like um say the footage caught by body cams of what happened with elijah well i just i don't have a lot of faith in that system working so um your move toronto um i i did email some i i don't i'm not in toronto i am in oakville so i i just emailed all of them instead of <laughs> mine <laughs> and that was that was my workaround so maybe i wasn't listened to i don't know yeah <laughs> a lot of a lot of um misunderstanding towards um the movement of defunding the police a lot of people misunderstand that to believe that people want the police force to be completely gotten rid of and that's mm -hmm. not what we want what we want is for either the police to be properly trained in the services that they are being told to provide even mm -hmm. though they're not you would not want a paramedic working on you if they were not trained in what you needed help with yeah <laughs> like you do not want a paramedic giving like giving you a filling <laughs> they're not trained in it and that is what is going on for police they are not trained in these things and if you don't want them to lose funding then they should be trained in these things yeah but right now there are professionals that are trained in it that went to school for these things so money can go towards those services yeah yeah we're, we're not asking too much we're just asking for the right people for, to handle the right tasks. Because yeah. I do believe that the police are useful in, in certain situations. Mm -hmm. Like if someone breaks into your house, I would probably call the police. Mm -hmm. I would so, love if the police would be helpful in those situations yeah, as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd, love, <laughs> I'd love if they were helpful in those. But, um, like... For situations like that like i do believe that they're they're useful for those things and i don't want the police force gone but they get an obscene amount of money mm -hmm. that could go to other social services yeah yeah that's um, my that's my stance on that one yeah absolutely i think that's a very good stance to have obviously i agree with it 
and <laughs> um, I think that is a good place to leave that question because I think we only have like 15 minutes left. Oh my god, okay. Boom. I am just, yeah. Six. Number six, okay. Um, so this one is, July 9th is the signing, what can we do? Uh, this is referring to the anti-terrorism bill, so July 9th is when the anti-terrorism bill is officially um, made to be law in the Philippines. And what you can do as people in Canada, as people in other countries besides the Philippines, is you can email um, uh, government officials in the Philippines. We'll have a link to the emails in the description for, of mm -hmm. this video. There are also petitions you can sign, and there are also places that you can donate to help frontline workers in the Philippines fight COVID-19, because that's also very important in the Philippines, but there are also other places that you can donate just to help people fighting this um, anti-terrorism bill. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, awesome. I'm moving as quickly as I can. Yeah. You already did this one? Six. We just did that one? Yeah. Four. Number four. All right. Um, if it's so dangerous to speak out, why are we? Because it's important. And while I guess it would put our potentially put our lives in danger like there are already lives in danger in the Philippines and they're also fighting for what's right mm -hmm. so if I can in Canada be safe if I can be potentially more safe than the people in the Philippines fighting against this anti-terrorism bill then I will use my privilege and speak out about it yeah and that's something that a lot of people don't do they don't use their privilege to help people who aren't as privileged. Yeah. And I think that's, that's it's not a great thing to do. If you no. care about other humans, you should do what you can to help them. Yeah, like, um, this may sound a bit like self-horn tootie, but like, I, I don't have the biggest platform. I have like, like just under 600 followers and I've been dedicating what was originally um, a time slot for my comedy show to, um, just talk about issues that have, let's say, caught my attention because, well, they're things I'm learning about, things that I am not as personally impacted as the people I care about are. And it's something that I want to not only learn about, but I want to give the platform for others to learn about and others to be able to talk about it. Because for me, this is something that's important. And I almost didn't do this because I didn't think I had a big enough platform that I didn't think it was worth anything. Mm -hmm. But people are watching and I'm being thanked, which is a cool perk. <laughs> um, You're welcome. You yeah, it's for me, this is literally what I can do. So I'm doing it. And I encourage, especially those with larger platforms than me, to get involved and to spread the word and talk about what's happening. Mm -hmm. Not just in the Philippines, but everywhere because, well... Shit's going down. Yeah, the world's on fire. How about yours? <laughs> That's the way I hate it and I want to make s'mores. I'm done. <laughs> I'm gonna just... Whee! Number four. We did that one just now. No, I have more. Oh. Why don't people just rise up and protest? I mean, people are. We did are. kind of already touch on. People yeah. are. Yeah. For the anti-terrorism bill, they're being arrested. For Black Lives Matter, people are being killed. And, like, people are. They're still doing it. It's still important. And, mm -hmm. like, 
even even during the time of COVID-19 where it's very dangerous to be close to anyone um, without wearing a mask, without properly social distancing, like in both cases, lives are at risk. Yeah. If you don't protest, lives are at risk. If you protest, if you're not abiding by proper social distancing rules and if you're not wearing a mask, lives are at risk. But the thing is, we are fighting for lives. We are fighting for human rights. We are fighting for what's important. It's not like we're fighting to go to the beach. We're not doing these things. We're fighting for lives. Yeah. That's why it's important. And some people don't protest because they are, like, especially during this time, they are afraid about COVID-19. I understand. I'm one of those people. And there are other things you can do. You can sign petitions. You can donate. You can um, make masks, send them over to those protests. You can... There are many things you can do. Use your platform to promote these movements. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Is it... Did you want to add anything, or...? The rare moment I don't. Ooh. I know, unlike <laughs> me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for one that's at the bottom because I've been a wuss. A wuss! Six. Number six. July 9th is the signing. What can we do? Again, like I said before, um, sign petitions will add emails in the description about who you can email, movements of um, online protests going on in the Philippines, you can add on to that, and also places that you can donate will add those. Yeah, absolutely. We will, we have told you and we will tell you. We will tell you again and again and again. Yes. Your turn. Number 15. Ooh, I don't think we did that one. Anti-terrorism doesn't sound so bad. Anti-terrorism isn't bad. That's, like... I'm completely anti-terrorism, but the problem with the anti-terrorism bill is that the definition is so general that anything that people in power classify as terrorism can be considered terrorism. And technically under the, under the bill, activists and strikes are protected, but they're protected under the assumption that they are not causing a serious risk to public safety. But the, the risk, the word risk is determined by the Terrorism Council in the Philippines and also by um, police officers. And because of that vague definition, because of, because of that, people are taking advantage. Even when the bill isn't law yet, why I really wanted to talk about this was because people were being arrested at the Pride Parade in the Philippines because of this bill and they were being touted as terrorists. And it's it was a peaceful protest in the Philippines, but police officers decided it would be a great idea to break into people's cars and to drive them in their own cars to the precinct. These yeah. peaceful protesters were locked up in their own cars and driven to the precinct by the police officers in the Philippines. If that is not a violation of human rights, I don't know what is. Yeah, it's... Like, it almost sounds like the anti-terrorists are the people protesting the anti-terrorism. Who's to say? Who knows? Who's really causing um, 
who is really a serious risk to society. Mm-hmm. Thought it was going to be the first one that falls. Seven. All right. So another one that we have touched on a lot. So you are allowed to skip. I'll but um, go for another one. All right. But I will say the question out loud because I do love to talk. Okay. <laughs> what happens if you're declared a terrorist? And um, for those of um, just tuning in, um, you can be thrown in jail for twelve to twelve years to life. And um, that's not a good thing. It's yeah. without bail and often without reason. Yeah. So when you're first arrested, you can be kept for 24 days without bail, without a case, and without a proper explanation from the police officers. Yeah. Which does give the police officers the power to selectively discriminate against anyone. Mm-hmm. All right. Ten. All right. Um, this is another one that we've already done, and this one I assume you will want to skip. But tell me about why you. D- I'm going to say it again. I'm going to pronounce it wrong again. Tagalog. Tagalog. Tell me about why you don't speak Tagalog. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, just, I'm so bad at pronouncing um, things. I'm not even trying to make light or jokes, I again, promise. Um, so why I don't speak Tagalog and why I don't seem to have a very distinct accent, if I have an accent at all, um, it's because my parents chose um, me not being able to speak Tagalog or being able to speak to any of my relatives in the Philippines. Um, so that I'd be accepted in, in Canada because they were worried that if I were to have an accent, no one would take me seriously. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this before in the last video and probably earlier in this one, but it is so painful to think that my parents had to make that decision, that I they had to choose between me being able to speak to some of my relatives in the Philippines in order for me to have a better life in Canada. <laughs> All right. Oops. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is another one that we did. I kind of want to save it for last because I don't know how long you'll go on. <laughs> but it is about climate change, so I'm just going to put it here. Honestly, I could do a video on that one. I know, and I would love that. Number two. Number two. All right. Um, how old were you the first time you were sexualized by for your race? really think it was still that grade one yeah five six year old moment like like I was so obsessed with Filipinos mm-hmm. oh my god uh there was this kid who is much younger than me who who was also Filipino who's this Filipino boy who saw me as the other Filipino girl and he just screamed at me from across like he screamed at me from a bit across the playground and he was just like I want to fuck you whoa and me in grade one didn't freaking know what that word meant and I was just like I don't like that he's yelling at me I'm going away and like I didn't like this boy at all like I especially after that moment and I I was I was so young I didn't even know what that meant but I knew it was bad yeah and it was just yeah, you, you have those times where as a kid you know. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Ten. 
All right, so that is another one that we did um, do again. So that one we, we that one went on really long. Um, it was it's the question: How can referring to someone as a terrorist be harmful, even if only as a joke? We are running low on time, so we won't um, rebuttal that one. Um, but we did have some really good question answers about it. So can we just go off of whichever ones we want to. Yeah, we are running low, so let's see what we have not touched on yet. Mm, that's a, a good idea. <laughs> I, I do have <laughs> a check anyway. Sometimes. Number nine again. Number eight. I broke it. Yeah. Yeah, we... 20. We got a Did 20. Did we get 14? Yeah, okay. I just didn't check it off. Okay. 20. <laughs> Number 20. All right. Why can't the petition help? Or why is it thought to be not as helpful? Um, from my knowledge, from what I have heard from... Filipino artists that I follow is that um, the Filipino government kind of doesn't take petitions seriously or they don't take it as seriously as they would emails to representatives and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So while we are going to share petitions that you can sign in the description, mm -hmm. um, it would be more likely that emailing would help much, much more. Yeah, it's not that, um, like, I'm not trying to brush off the petition if that is, um, it's just a lot of the time petitions are seen as something that is easy for people to do, so they're not taken as seriously because sometimes people will just violently sign them. But I think that just the emails have more weight. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, oh, we did 19. Oh. I just wasn't checking them off. I'm horrible at this. That explains why the numbers didn't match. Oh my goodness. I'm a, um, as the professional host of um, Serious and Sober, I would serious like... Serious and Sober. Serious and Sober, Sober and Serious. I honestly keep switching it back and forth, but I'm pretty sure it's Serious and Sober today. <laughs> just like me. We're doing our best. Yeah. This is water, I swear. Yeah, water, not vodka. That'd be <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness, just, holy shit. I'll tell you about the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, I digress. Mina, thank you so, so much for not only being willing to do this, but as I really have said so many times, for really combating your own anxiety about doing this and doing this. Um, amazing. Not only am I so grateful that you did, I'm impressed that you did it as well. And I think that... You've done a great job, and I am so grateful that you were here. It wouldn't have been as easy if you weren't here. So I'm very grateful to have you, and I'm I'm sure everyone else is grateful to have someone like you um, using their platform to promote serious issues, especially in a time like this. Yeah, well, like, to be honest, as I kind of said, like, I just... The idea of continuing with, say, the High with Hottie Hump Day show just felt Inappropriate. pointless inappropriate yeah. like I just, I just had one of those moments where like too many words just popped in my head and like yeah. a big one was just like just a bad idea because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I wanted to have something like like the original idea was just like I thought of the format and thought of it and I thought it was really cool but anyway um yeah um thank you so much for um being willing to share everything i'm not going to go on a tangent about myself because i caught myself doing that and that's silly <laughs> we all know me <laughs> 
But again, thank you so, so much. Um, I am going to ask our secret um, assistant producer to hit end on the video for us as we say good night. And thank you so much for tuning in. Yes, top corn. <laughs>